Welcome to the No Neutral Moments Podcast. My name is Patrick Payton, and it's my pleasure to discuss, to explore, and maybe even to discover what it means for each one of us to live our lives fully engaged, to challenge each one of us to be fully aware, and completely expecting to engage to the fullest everything we've been designed, called, and gifted to be. So with all this in mind, let's not waste any more time. Let's go ahead and get engaged. Welcome to the No Neutral Moments podcast. My name is Patrick Payton, and I will be your host for this episode of the No Neutral Moments podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Just a lot of excitement on my part for um, how much I hear from all of you out there about the various episodes. You're very, very encouraging, and I want to thank you for being a part of this service called the No Neutral Moments podcast. Thankful again to our team, Joe and Tyler, who make things happen and others who are joining us. I want to um, make a little bit of an announcement before I get too far into this, and this might seem a bit self-serving, but I I need to go ahead and make it for the future benefit of this podcast. And, And that is just letting you know that as we seek to grow this podcast into the new year, one of the things we'll be looking for is support in the form of sponsorships. And so if you or your company your business, or just you individually are interested in supporting the business of the No Neutral Moments podcast, and this is a business. It is not a 501c3, but if you're interested in being a sponsor of the No Neutral Moments podcast, I'm going to ask you to reach out to me so that I can um, help facilitate that for you. And the way you can reach out to me is through my email, which is my first name, Patrick, P-A-T-R-I-C-K, followed by a period, then my last name, Payton, P-A-Y-T-O-N, and that is at iCloud.com. Again, that is Patrick.Payton at iCloud.com. And just inviting you to be a part of this um, this growing business called the No Neutral Moments Podcast. So I want to throw that out there and continue to thank those of you who have who have reached out that I've run into or who have known how to get hold of me and have told me about the podcast but now all of you have the email that you can hopefully not spam me, but you'll be interested in communicating with us and connecting with us and possibly sponsoring the future of the No Neutral Moments podcast as we get ready for 2020. Boy, that's crazy that it's going to be 2020. It seems like yesterday we were talking about Y2K, and that's just really kind of crazy. Also want to uh, issue an apology for not getting out an email uh, last week for the podcast. Again, we're just working out some of these things, and I've had a little bit of a busy season here recently, just getting staff on board in different endeavors and getting ready for uh, the growth of my other company, as well as being the mayor of Midland, Texas. So thank you for your patience. But now let's get into this episode, and I want to move into a topic of servant leadership. It's a phrase that's used quite a bit in our culture today. It is something that was emblazoned in my life by two things. I've mentioned this book called Servant Leadership by Robert Greenleaf, which I still think is the best book out there on servant leadership. But also it finds really its roots in the speaking and the words of Jesus Christ that you find in the book of Mark, and it's a very short verse. It's in the context of, obviously, another uh, phrase and teaching of Jesus. But in Mark chapter 10, he says, 
It shall not be among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And in this episode, I want to present to you what I believe to be sort of four pillars of servant leadership, primarily from a biblical perspective, but also from an experience perspective, more of what I've learned about what not to do so that I can then sort of uh, be a guide for you on what you can do as we continue to address this problem in our lives of how we lead in this culture in which we find ourselves in. I want to begin with a quote from a college professor that was um, recorded in the first quarter of the 20th century. So think back to the first quarter of the 20th century. We're talking about over 100 years ago. Sometimes we think our problems are new, but listen to this quote. This professor says, there is a new problem in our country. We are becoming a nation dominated by large institutions. It kind of sounds like today, right? And these institutions are not serving us well. Keywords, serving. Now you can do as I do and you can stand outside or you can do as others do and you can stand outside and criticize. You can bring pressure if you can. You can write and argue about it. But nothing of substance will happen unless there are people inside these institutions who are able to and who want to lead these institutions into better performance for the public good. And and notice what he is talking about. The public good will be best served, not first and foremost by a profit motive, but first and foremost by a servant motive. And I would argue that we have actually gotten those sort of out of line oftentimes. And so as we think about that and you begin to think about your context, I would also tell you that every single person listening to this podcast is leading someone. You may not be so you may not be the leader you think you want to be or should be or you do not feel like you're being recognized as the leader you think you should be. But regardless of title or position, you are leading someone. And the question is how you're leading and where you're leading. And I would also say that all of us should be able to easily identify where we're not leading the way we think we should, or we're learning perhaps we have not led the best that we could lead. And so the idea is not to shut down or not to look at our past and go, well, I just can't lead anymore, but to continue to take control of ourselves and learn how we can be better leaders. And my hope is that your definition of being a better leader will primarily be defined by this concept of serving first, because in service is leadership. So the challenge continues to be to grow and and begin to change the culture around you. And so leadership, and, and if you want to throw in a couple of other words, leadership and power, and influence, these are always in my in my personal belief system, a gift of the Lord. I believe the Lord puts us in places and then we begin to work out servant leadership. But this is always getting into positions of leadership is always predicated on being ready yourself. And, and you may not be as ready as you think you should be, but when the opportunity is there, you want to make sure you're ready by personal preparation. And remember, The greater leadership is not the profit motive, but the servant motive. And that's why we have to be working on who we are from the inside out 
also who we are mentally and who we are in our professional stance. But if we're really going to lead by service, then we have to be someone who is becoming, well, let me put it this way, becoming better from the inside out first, because service comes from the inside. Now, you can act like you're serving people, and all that is is manipulating people, but getting to a place where you truly want to serve people first takes a new shift in the way you see leadership, maybe in the way you see your own life. So let me begin to get into these four issues. And the first one just simply says that servant leadership and a servant leadership paradigm requires that you begin to see all of your work, all of your labor as an act of service. In my personal convictions, it's an act of worship and a display of the bigger life that God has given you. In fact, and I'll say that again, so if it's a little bit confusing, it'll become more clear. There's a verse in the Bible that says, do all that you do for the Lord rather than for men, because it's from the Lord that you receive the reward. There's also a verse in the scriptures, it's in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, that talks about how we actually live our lives, and there's a word used in the language that the Bible was originally written in, that says we live our lives to actually, well, I'll put it this way, create a symphony. It's a very interesting word that's used in the context of that Bible verse. It's where we get our word symphony. So if you if you kind of put this together, a commitment to servant leadership and a new way of seeing how you lead in your family and in your business and in your company is realizing that your life is playing a symphony of leadership. And so the question becomes, is that symphony of leadership in your life pleasant to the ears and the lives of the listener, or is it noise that irritates them? If you need another example, are you creating a musical score, so to speak, that people feel joy from, that they feel comfort in, that they feel safety in, that they, I'll take it even further, that they hear the symphony of your leadership and it makes them, this is going to sound kind of corny, but it makes them want to dance because of your leadership. And now if you if you um, compare that to other types of leadership that are not servant leadership, oftentimes we're just playing a symphony of noise or we're playing a symphony of manipulation or we're playing a symphony of depression. And so the question becomes for those of us who are going to make a very concerted effort to be servant leaders is realize that our leadership is creating a symphony. Everything we do in our leadership is creating a symphony. And let me remind you, I need this reminder probably more than most of you. There are many times when I hit a bad note, I play a bad note, and it's not a very pretty symphony to the people I'm trying to lead. That's when we need to back up and retune the instrument and retune the song and maybe even begin to work on a new song of leadership in our lives because our leadership is either creating a symphony or it's creating noise. And when you create a symphony, you're beginning to serve the people who are walking with you. So first and foremost, this servant leadership requires that you see all of your work and all of your labor as a symphony, in my conviction, as a symphony of worship to the God that I claim to serve. But if it helps you to know that your your orchestra of your life of leadership 
is either creating something pleasant to the listener or it's creating noise and confusion and any other negative side effect you can think of. Here's the second thing about servant leadership. A servant leadership paradigm or a shift to a servant leadership paradigm requires that I see all people as being, as being created in the image of God are of great worth and they deserve my wholehearted service that contributes to their value in their personal growth. Let me say that again. For me to have a new paradigm of servant leadership that I'm seeking to serve first and profit second requires that I see all the people around me, those I agree with and those I disagree with, to even to the extremes, that these are valued human beings in the Christian conviction as beings created in the image of God and created by God, that all human beings are of great worth and they deserve my wholehearted service so that my leadership is contributing to their inherent value and their personal growth. Now, this begs the question, is my leadership at home and is my leadership at work contributing to the growth of the value and to the growth of the individual of the people around me? And only you can, you know, you're not going to walk up to somebody at the office and say, hey, by the way, uh, the way I'm leading you, do you sense that I'm causing you to grow? Because they're going to say to you, uh, yes, you're going to have to self-assess and determine, are you doing the things? Are you leading in such a way, speaking in such a way in your leadership that you are realizing the people around you have an incredible value, not because of what they do for you, but because of who they are. And so you're serving them in order for them to grow into their inherent value and to continue to grow as an individual. This is a paradigm shift in the way we look at people, not as people to be used, but as people to be served. Now, don't play games with yourself because it's easy to say, well, absolutely, I'm doing this, but be careful and work hard at it. Remember, go back to number one. All of us play bad notes in this thing doesn't mean you quit playing the instrument of leadership. It just means you catch yourself, you retune your instrument of leadership so that you then begin to play into the value of other people's lives and you don't value people for what they're doing simply for your company, but who they are as individuals. Let's go on to the third thing. Two more things. This, this servant leadership paradigm, and, and as you just keep meditating on it and thinking about what it means for you, it requires that I, and this sort of builds on the second one, that I think in terms of the elevation and betterment of the people around me and the others, and this is my primary duty. It's another way of saying that my life of leadership should be elevating people and causing their lives to be better. It is serving them in every fashion and in every way, and let me put it another way, to look into their lives and help them solve the challenges and problems in their lives as together we solve the challenges and problems we face as companies. Now, that may seem like a high calling because you might be thinking to yourself, listen, I just want people to do their job. But the fact of the matter is, if we will invest in them solving their problems, solving their challenges, they'll actually do the job for us better. And this is the amazing thing about servant leadership. The more we serve the greater song of service we play, the greater instrument of service that we play, 
that will encourage others in their own servant leadership, and they're going to want to serve the institution they work for. They're going to want to serve the people they work for. That's why it's so important that we pay attention to the needs of the people we lead. I won't give away who this is, but I was talking to the CEO of a, um, people always say, I was talking to the CEO of a very large company. I I was going to say that, but it's actually true. I was talking to the CEO of um, a very large company. And when I say very large, um, it was well over 7,000 employees and um, just a huge corporation. I had the privilege of sitting across from the CEO and I said, can you tell me, and I think I may have told you this story before, but I said, can you tell me what concerns you the most? What is it that you think about the most and you worry about the most? And the CEO said to me, he goes, well, what concerns me the most is the over 7,000 souls that I shepherd in this company. Now, this was not a church. This was a publicly traded company. And I stopped immediately and just looked at him and said, Dude, that's amazing what you just said, that you actually have defined the people around you as souls and not employees. That's an even deeper phrase that you, you actually refer to the insides of people. And this, this goes back to what I said in number two, or the second point, which was seeing people of such great worth and great value. And now my job as a servant leader is to coin a phrase to shepherd the souls of people around me, to elevate them, to become better at who they are, to use a phrase to help them become everything they've been designed, called, and gifted to be, and even help them to become better so they become better at solving the problems and challenges in their own life. That is servant leadership. It looks beyond profit and looks to the soul. And here's the fourth thing. Servant leadership understands that if I want to gain the respect of being listened to, if I, if I want to gain an audience then my actions must be rooted first in loving people, serving people, and even sacrificing for people. Now, if you've been paying close attention, nearly every point I have made has said the same exact thing, that this servant leadership paradigm is a fundamental shift in the way we see people, but it's followed by a fundamental shift in how we see our purpose as leaders, that we realize we're playing a song. And that song is either painful to the ears of those who we are seeking to lead, or it is a symphony of joy. And what song are you playing in your servant leadership? Is it a song that brings value to people because you see value in people? Is it a song that elevates them to become everything they've been designed, called, and gifted to be under your influence as the shepherd of these people that you're leading? And is it rooted not in manipulation, but in actually loving the people you serve? And loving means seeing past the faults, seeing past the failures. Are are you serving in such a way that you want to meet their needs even before they meet your needs? And is your leadership of such a service that you are willing to make a sacrifice, perhaps immense sacrifice for the people you serve and for the good of their lives? As you go about your day to day and as you go about the week and maybe even as you examine your life at the end of this year, 2019, and you look ahead to 2020. My challenge to you is to begin to see leadership, to use my favorite phrase, allow your paradigm of leadership to begin to shift into this this need, as this professor in the first quarter of the 20th century said, this need to begin to serve first 
and to be a servant leader first, because truly the one who wants to be great becomes a servant first. This has been the No Neutral Moments podcast. My name is Patrick Payton. Thank you again for joining us each and every week. Please be sure to share this podcast with your friends. Please be sure to give us a good rating on iTunes. And we look forward to being with you again. Have a great day wherever you are. God bless. And by the way, Merry Christmas. <laughs>